Well, hello, everybody. What will the kingdom of God be like? My name is Matt Davies. I'm excited to, over the next 15 minutes, sort of walk you through some of the key points regarding this subject for the Mubbles Christadelphians. So welcome to our Bible talk. It's lovely to have you with us. This subject, of course, is of um, absolute huge importance. It's of importance because this is all to do with the key golden theme of the Bible, the gospel message. This is a message that the Lord Jesus Christ came and preached when he first came uh, to the earth around 2,000 years ago. There's a number of passages on the screen. I won't go through them all, but they all basically say that Jesus, his focus of his teaching was the good news, the glad tidings, the gospel of the kingdom. And so this became a, a key aspect of his teaching. So if we claim to be Christian, if we claim to follow the Bible, it's crucial that we, we, we look to understand what Jesus meant and taught about the gospel of the kingdom. And this idea of what it's going to be like is, is obviously wrapped up in that. It's important as a subject. And in fact, when we move on in, in the New Testament to, um, to the teachings of the apostles and the first century uh, believers in Jesus, we find again in the book of Acts that the kingdom of God is a crucial, crucial subject which they were teaching. So, for example, in Acts 1, 8 verse 1, it says, when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. And so we have again this emphasis on the preaching of the kingdom of God being a key component for anyone who wants to, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone who wants to be, be baptized, they have to understand the gospel and they have to understand the, uh, some key things about this kingdom of God vitally important subject. And why is it so important? Well, because the gospel message, and as we've shown, the gospel concerning the kingdom was preached by Jesus and the apostles. The gospel message is a requirement to understand and believe in order to be saved. It's the mechanism, if you like, that God uses to call out people who, from, from the unbelieving population to become believers. And so, for example, we see this in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 16. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. He says to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, the glad tidings. And as we've seen, the kingdom is a part of that to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So this is vital for salvation. This is vital if we want to be saved, to have an understanding, a knowledge, a belief, a faith in the kingdom. And we need to have that before we're baptized and, and commit ourselves to the things of God if we are to be saved. And by implication, the, the, the sort of the, the drama of the words in Mark 16 that Jesus said is by implication, if we don't understand the gospel, if we don't understand the kingdom, if we're not baptized, we won't be saved. And so there's quite a serious aspect to this, a belief 
is required. God's mechanism for salvation is the gospel. And we can see that quite clearly here in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, says Paul by inspiration. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So don't let anyone tell you it doesn't matter what you believe. The Bible very clearly here states you have to believe the gospel message, the gospel of Christ. And wrapped up in that is the teaching and the good news concerning the kingdom of God. And we can't have, you know, we can't almost like allow allow differences of, of what that could be, because clearly the expectation of scripture is that it's a faith in that. And a, and, a, and a determination to, to live that faith in, in whatever the kingdom of God is that will determine whether or not somebody will ultimately be saved or not. So for us as Christadelphians, that's, this is why we, we, we believe that the kingdom of God, the, the, the teaching, the, the things that the Bible says about the kingdom are, are absolutely crucial. And we've only got a few minutes today to go through this. So obviously there's a lot more depth. I'm going to give you a bit of an overview, but hopefully you'll appreciate the, the, the importance as we, as we go through. So we're going to start very briefly. I'm just going to sort of throw some, some passages on the screen. Feel free to pause the video if you want to look into this in more depth and look up some of these passages. But we're going to go through from the beginning. You know, the, the, the idea of the kingdom is seeded right back in Genesis when God promises a faithful man, Abraham, the land of Israel. And he promises it to Abraham and his seed, his, his descendants. And we read in Galatians 3 in the New Testament that, in fact, these promises make up the gospel. It says the gospel was preached to Abraham in these promises in Galatians 3 verse 8. So the gospel is predicated. The gospel of the kingdom is predicated on the back of God's promises to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And we notice when we look at passages like this in Hebrews 11, that the faithful people of old, and, and Abraham is in there, mentioned in verse 17, they all died in faith, not having received the promises. And so we would suggest, not even suggest, uh, I think it's very clear, we, we, we would be quite dogmatic, that the promises to Abraham, and particularly this promise of the land of Israel being given to Abraham's seed, which was the Lord Jesus Christ, has not yet been fulfilled. This is something for the future, and it's to do with the land of Israel. Now, as we go forward in time, we eventually come to the time after the descendants of Abraham were established as a nation, the Jewish nation, the, the nation of Israel. They, they did obtain that land for a time, not forever, as the promise said, but for a time. And they eventually established a kingdom. And it's interesting that, um, that in this kingdom, the, the, the second king, King David, had a promise as well from God given to him. And this is what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 7. When thy, David's, days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. In other words, after you've died, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 
And so again, we have the same idea that there's this promised seed, this special promised descendant who would eventually set up an eternal kingdom. And it's not yet happened, as we'll see. In fact, that kingdom and that dynasty of David was indeed called the kingdom of God in the past. We see that in various passages in the Old Testament that we've got on the screen. And we also read in Jeremiah 33 that that just assuredly as the sun comes up and the seasons take place, God's promises to David would not be broken. And by my knowledge, the sun still comes up and the seasons still take place. And so we can have complete confidence that that these promises are to be fulfilled soon and in the future. Now, at the end of the the dynasty of the kingdom of Israel in the past, their last king, King Zedekiah, was particularly wicked. And so God took the kingdom away from, from from, from him. And he sent his prophet Ezekiel to him. And this is what Ezekiel said to the last king in the kingdom of Israel in the past. Thou, Zedekiah, profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose day is come, when iniquity shall have an end, thus saith the Lord God, remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, the kingdom, and it shall be no more until he come whose right it is and I will give it him so the kingdom of Israel in the past came to an end but God's promises are still yet to be fulfilled because that kingdom is going to be restored one who will come whose right it is and God's going to give him that kingdom that kingdom is going to be restored and remember, we looked at the very start of this, uh, this talk that, about Jesus, who went around preaching the kingdom. Well, after he died and rose again in the Acts, he spent, I think it was 40 days, giving a Bible class to his followers. And after those 40 days, they asked him this question, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So it was their expectation that ultimately the kingdom would be restored once again. The ancient kingdom of Israel with the Lord Jesus Christ as that one whose right it was. And yet Jesus says, it's, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. In other words, yes, I will do it. Just, just not now. Just not at this moment in time. And so as Christadelphians, we look forward to the kingdom coming, the restoration of the kingdom again. And um, we read when Jesus tells us to pray, he tells us to pray to God and, and pray for the kingdom to come. And so we know it's a future event. And there's plenty of verses in the whole of the Bible. There's a few up there that talk about God's future purpose with the earth, because that's where the kingdom's going to be. For example, it says in Matthew 5 that the meek shall inherit the earth. In the great prophecy of Daniel 2, of of the kingdoms of men, eventually we read in that wonderful prophecy that, that a kingdom would come, God's kingdom. It would overthrow the kingdoms of men and it would stand forever, Daniel 2, 44. And so it's very clear in the Bible that the kingdom of God is going to re- be restored on the earth in the future. And, um, and we very much believe that that will be a reality. And then these, this passage, when Jesus was born, you remember the, 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 the angel appears to Mary 
And um, often, you know, people read this uh, around Christmas time, don't they? But, but little do they understand the, the import of, this, of these words. Because it says here in Luke 1, when the angel appears to Mary uh, and tells her she's going to give birth to Jesus, he says that, that this one that was to come, this, this child, he will, shall be great, shall be called the son of the highest. He was to be the son of God. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he would reign forever. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is the coming king of that kingdom. It is his right to take it. And it will be restored again on the earth. And so there's lots of passages about this in the Bible, as we've said. And, um, and we find that, that Jerusalem will be the future of that kingdom of God. And that's where Jesus will reign on his throne in that day. Now, in the kingdom, it's not just going to be Jesus that's there, but also his followers. And so this is how it relates to you and I. This is how it relates to the gospel message, because we read in the Bible that the gospel, once understood, makes one responsible to be raised and judged, to give an answer, give an account for what we've done with that knowledge that God has used to call us from a state of unknowing to a state of understanding his great purpose. How have we responded will be the question. And we can see this is quite clear in the Bible, this teaching of a resurrection from the dead. For example, Daniel 12, many that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. And there's two outcomes after the resurrection. Some will come to everlasting life, but some to shame and everlasting contempt. In other words, death. And so, this is a matter of vital importance, this faith in the gospel. And even um, there's other there's loads of places. Here's another quick example that remember when when Lazarus dies and before Christ does the miracle of resurrection on Lazarus, um, Martha, Lazarus's sister, says to Jesus that she knew that Lazarus would rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So that was her faith. And if you actually think about this, you suddenly realize that the idea that is taught by mainstream Christianity, that we have an immortal soul that uh, floats up to heaven and is automatically in eternal bliss, cannot be because the true hope of a believer in the scriptures is of a bodily resurrection from the dead in the future when Jesus returns. These passages and others make utterly no sense if you believe in the immortality of the soul. And in fact, we know the soul is not immortal. There's plenty of Bible verses that talk about the soul dying. And the soul simply means the person's inner being, the person's life. And so it cannot be that, uh, that the soul is immortal. It's very clear the soul is mortal. It dies. And the only hope of a true believer in the Bible is a resurrection of, from the dead. And as we say, there's a, there's a judgment, though, after the resurrection. We, we read of that clearly, and it's implied there in Daniel 12. But here's a, a, you know, a clear passage in Corinthians, which says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether good or bad. And so when Jesus returns, he will call um, the believers and, and those who have understood the gospel to him, and there will be this judgment. 
And uh, those that have died will be raised from the dead to go to that judgment. And God willing, if we give a good account and if we, in God's mercy and love, have been accepted by Christ in that day, we'll be given the gift of eternal life in the future. And so we look for the Savior, it says in Philippians, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. And in Romans 6, it talks about it being a gift of God. And it's a gift given in the future for we don't deserve it, naturally speaking, but through faith in the Lord Jesus and in the gospel of the kingdom, we are offered it through God's love. Now, that's the ruling powers. So if, if we are if we are accepted, we will get to live and reign with Christ. I'll show you a verse about that in a minute as part of of of, of the ruling powers in the kingdom. But what of those people who are alive when Jesus returns, who, who know nothing of the gospel, who know nothing of, of God and his ways? Well, we find that they are ultimately going to be taught about God and about God's righteousness. And so we have loads of prophecies in the Bible. Here's one on the screen of that future time when the mortal population who haven't been given eternal life, who, who have not been judged because they didn't know the gospel, that they will have an opportunity to learn about God. And so they'll, they'll go to the mountain of the Lord and, and will be taught of God's ways. And there's loads of other passages about that future kingdom the, the, for, for, for the normal mortal population. They will have a peaceful and safe existence. There'll be a righteous system of justice that, that Christ and the believers and, 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 his, and his followers will, will help to maintain. There'll be good health and long life and a healthy earth, which will produce an abundance of food. And we read that Israel will predominantly be the, 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 the primary nation in that kingdom. It will, in fact, be the kingdom of Israel restored again on the earth. And the Bible teaches us that that state of things will exist for a thousand years. And so we have this picture in Revelation 20 of of, of the judgment. So we see this in Revelation 20 verse 4. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image. So they stayed true to the gospel, the teaching of the truth in the gospel. Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And here's the point. The faithful followers of Jesus, they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So this kingdom uh, and, and that state of the ruling, the rulership with Christ and his followers who've been raised and given eternal life, and then the mortal population who will be being taught God, about God and his ways, that, that system will last for a thousand years, says the Bible. What happens after then? Well, not, we're not told an awful lot, if we're completely honest. We know that the glory that will follow will be amazing and, and, uh, and, and we're promised that it will be phenomenal. But we do have this said in 1 Corinthians 15 about the end, the end of the millennium. Then cometh the end when Jesus, he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. So there's going to come a point at the end of the millennium when Jesus gives all the power back to God. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, God, then shall the son, Jesus Christ, also himself be subject unto him, God, 
that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. And so the ultimate purpose of the kingdom is to bring everybody to a point where God is all in all. And the way that will happen is that there will be another resurrection and judgment at the end of the thousand years. And then all of the population at that point will have been accepted at the judgments and will be immortal. And God, it says, will be all in all. And that is the great purpose of God with the earth. He did not create it in vain. He created it so that it would be filled with beings who manifest his character and his qualities. Now, the key here is, though, the key question for us is, do we believe that? Because that is part of the gospel message, as we've shown, the gospel of the kingdom. That is what's coming. And so we as Christadelphians believe that this is such a vital thing for us to understand. And I've just given you an overview there. There's plenty more detail that we could go into. But I hope you'll appreciate how, uh, how special that is. And we hope and encourage that you'll continue to study your Bible and learn from us in the time that remains before that great day when the Lord Jesus Christ will return and the kingdom will be restored again to Israel. Thank you.